Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Monday, June 4th. Whoa. Moment of silence, you guys. It's the it's the first Monday in June. Does that mean that we're into the summertime? I hope it does. And that you guys are like, if for those of you who are like burned out on homeschooling, just quit. I, I give you permission. I bless you. Take a break. Put your books away. Walk to the park do something enjoyable. Uh, I am excited just to be in the first week of June. I'm going to be heading for my last homeschool conference of the season to Virginia on Wednesday. So I will be in Richmond, Virginia at the Heave Convention with a whole bunch of other awesome, amazing people. So I'm looking forward to seeing you guys there. Today, we have a particularly awesome treat for you. I get questions at Mailbox Monday all the time about pornography and particularly how do we deal with pornography when it's happening inside of a marriage. And I have asked my friend Sheila Gregoire if she would come back on the show with me today because Sheila has such a heart for this topic and she addresses it so beautifully. So today this is a question uh, from a listener who wants to remain anonymous about how to heal from pornography in her marriage. So if that's you or if you know someone who's struggling with that, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So before we get uh, really into today's subject, I want to let those of you know with young children that today's topic is kind of a sensitive topic. We're going to be talking about puberty and development. We're going to be using words that uh, that are, well, we're going to be using appropriate words. <laughs> so if this is something that you're not sure you want your kids listening to, now's a great time to say, you know what, I'm going to listen to this uh, in a little while when I don't have little ears around me. All right. So you guys know that this is a topic that we've addressed many times on the podcast. And I am just thrilled to death because my friend, Sheila Gregoire, has spoken very honestly and openly about this for many years over at her blog. And I asked her if she would come on and help me kind of minister to this mama. But it's not really just about this mom. It's about hundreds and thousands of you who are listening to this. I know that this is affecting your marriage. It's affecting your children. And uh, so we want you to be encouraged. So Sheila, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And you know, I almost wish I didn't have to. Yep. Like, just such a sad thing. It is such a sad thing. But I'll tell you, one thing I'm noticing, um, and I'll talk about this a little bit more, but um, I've, I've partnered up recently with Covenant Eyes. I love the history of that ministry. And I love what they're doing to kind of help, particularly to help protect the the little ones. But once you reach an age where... Uh, where you're, you know, it's not about protection anymore. It's more about accountability. This is something we need to start talking with our kids about at a really, really young age because they're going to be exposed to it. Uh, and so I would love to, I'm just going to read this letter to you and then um, maybe you and I can have a conversation about it and hopefully we can bring some hope and healing to this uh, to this mama. She says, Dear Heidi, I'd love it if you would address us on the podcast and I would appreciate uh, remaining anonymous. My husband and I have been married for 17 years. We have four children. And my husband recently confessed to me that he has been struggling with pornography for most of our married life. 
Um, I'm at a point in my marriage now where I'm not, I don't trust him anymore. I can't tell because he's not being forthright with me if this has gone beyond uh, our computer screen and actually into his real life. I don't know what to do. I'm bewildered and I don't feel like I'm getting any help. Um, do you have any counsel? So obviously there's a million different directions we can go with this. My immediately, my immediate thought, Sheila, and I don't know what you think, but when, when a woman says to me, my husband's not answering me about whether or not this has gone beyond the computer, then the answer is yes, it has gone. Uh, if he is, if, if he's not answering you, then the answer is yes. Uh, and yeah, so that, I, obviously that's a whole different conversation, but is that kind of your initial response to yeah, I would agree. And and I would say, you know, she's wondering what to do. My answer to all these women is you can't do it by yourself. Yes. And you're not supposed to. Like the reason that we are in the body of Christ is so that we can get help in these situations. So reach out, pound on doors, do whatever you have to do to get other people to come alongside you. Because what I see so often is that a guy... Either he'll get caught using porn or he might confess to struggling with porn, but you know there's more there, but he doesn't tell the whole story. And he says he's sorry, but what he really means is I'm sorry that I got caught. Right. And that's not true repentance. Because if someone is truly repentant, then they will be willing to confess it to someone else. They'll be willing to get accountability. They will be willing to put covenant eyes on your computer (laughs) and their tablets and their phones. If they're not willing to do that, and if they're not willing to talk about it with someone else, then they are still in it and they are still... yeah, they're, they're just not repentant. And that's when you really need like your brother or his brother or someone in your small group or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, his best friend or someone, you know, you need to tell them that is not gossip. Okay. That is, that is reaching out in the body Thank of Christ. You. Thank you. You need, you need to tell them that you need help and, yeah. and then bring them into that situation. Because you know what, if you love your husband, you will not let him get get down this path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, that's, that's maybe not fair to say, because obviously men can make their own choices, but I'm just saying it is not loving your husband to not confront him mm-hmm. on this and to mm-hmm. not take a hard stand. The loving thing to do is to take a very hard stand because so, that's rescue him. So just for a second, for the moms who are listening to this and they've, and they've always thought, Oh, you know, boys will be boys or men will be when really um, the addiction to pornography is in it's it's with women too. I'm hearing from more and more women who are struggling with pornography. There is a very serious, um, truly addictive side to pornography, right? And so can you kind of help listeners who are thinking, oh, it's not that big of a deal, understand how this, what the effect that pornography has on the brain? Yeah, for sure. And 30% of porn users, they say now are women. And, you know, I would say upwards of 90% of erotica readers are women. And, and both things have a very similar effect. So here's what happens. When you think about an alcoholic, right, they drink to get that high from being drunk. And then it's going to take them progressively more alcohol to get that same high. Pornography doesn't work exactly that way. When someone uses porn, what they need is different. They don't need more. They need different. Okay. And so what happens is your brain, you're actually rewiring your brain so that what is arousing is an image or a video rather than a person. And it becomes actually impossible to get aroused with an actual person. 
And that's why the majority of cases of erectile dysfunction today are under the age of 40, because it's not something a little blue pill can cure, because it's not physiological, it's in the brain. <laughs> and we've wrecked, our, we've wrecked our ability to perform in bed. Like this woman who says that her husband's been using porn for 17 years, I'm pretty sure she suspected something, because sex probably was not what she ever thought it would be, but maybe she couldn't put words to it, because it wasn't intimate. You know, and, and that's because he can't associate intimacy with sexual release because when you pair sexual arousal and sexual release, because to be totally frank, that's what watching pornography is. It's masturbation. Okay. So when you pair those things, then what you're doing is you're teaching your brain to respond to this. And then your brain keeps needing different to get the same, the same high. And that's why you might start with like your playboy light and you end up with very violent stuff or with stuff with children. You know, people do not start off with child porn, okay? <laughs> they start off with relatively innocuous stuff and it gets progressively worse because they need different. And it, it, it's, it, it's just devastating to people's ability to respond sexually in marriage. And, and it, it's devastating. All- the trust is gone now too. The trust is gone. So there are so many women. I mean, um, you and I, Sheila, have talked about this before, but it it breaks my heart everywhere I go. And I speak primarily uh, this time of year to the homeschool community and it's in the homeschool community. It's in the church. It's everywhere because pornography is so accessible. And most of the time when I talk to these women, uh, a lot of them are going to their pastors and their pastors aren't taking it seriously and they're not holding these men to account. And uh, what do you say? It sounds to me like, um, what do you say to the woman who just feels so broken and, and abandoned and she doesn't know where to turn. The first thing to do is to get help. What if she goes to her pastor and he and he's unwilling to help? Where does she turn then? I mean, I'm. I guess the question. I think what I'm hearing in her because she's, there's a lot more to this letter, obviously, than what I read online. But what I'm hearing from her is what I hear from so many other women, and they and they they are ashamed. It's amazing to me. We're taking these women who are really are victims. They're the victims of this pornography. Their husbands are victims too. Um, but then the victim is the marriage. The victim is the the woman. The victim is the children. And and she feels, I think, either, probably further victimized by people in her life that she respects in the church who aren't listening to her. What Maybe we need to speak directly to the pastors that are listening. What do you do when a woman comes to you and says, my husband is addicted to pornography? You know what you do? You call the husband in and you say, if you don't quit this, I'm going to support her leaving you. Yep. I am. That's yes. what you do. Because this is not acceptable. And it, it is only going to hurt him. Thank you only going to hurt him. And pastors, you need to wise up. And women, if you've ever been ignored by a pastor, let me just say, I am so, so sorry. That is not from Jesus. And I am so, so sorry. And Jesus sees and he grieves with you. He really does. And if your pastor has not helped you, go to someone else. Because you know what? There are people out there who understand there really are. And there are people out there who will fight with you. You just may have to find them. And I know it's difficult, but let me also, let me, let me, let me make a distinction here because there is a difference between somebody who has been caught and they're sorry that they're caught, but they're not really willing to try to take the steps that are necessary to rebuild trust. And someone who honestly is trying, but who sometimes falls. If your husband is honestly trying and it's something that he is fighting, fight with him. <laughs> Don't fight him, please. Because, you know, some of us have sons. And if you can picture your son when he's 11 or 12 and just how young he seems, 
Now picture that little boy being introduced to pornography. And for many of us, that's the story of our husbands. It's not for me. I'm using the personal term here and I really shouldn't because my husband actually doesn't have a problem with this. But, you know, um, you know, if, if a guy gets caught in this when he's 11 and he's grown up with it and he's, he's felt such shame about it and he honestly thought marriage would stop it and then it didn't, <laughs> you know, and he doesn't want to be enslaved by it. If that's the story of your husband, you know, can you find it in yourself? Can you pray that Jesus will help you fight with him and fight the pornography instead of fighting your husband? Because he needs support. And sometimes guys can really be trying to stop and then something will happen maybe like a year, two years down the road and they'll, they'll go on a binge for a weekend. But it doesn't mean that they've totally relapsed and, and we can't see it that way, okay? So there is a big difference between a guy who was honestly trying to fight the sin and a guy who was just trying to get away with it. Yep. And let's let's treat those as two different things. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I think it's important for for us to be having these conversations openly. It's just like you and I were talking about last Friday about having open conversations with our daughters about puberty and about their bodies. The world has done an incredibly good job. The devil, let's just call it what it is. Satan has done an incredibly masterful job of stealing what God designed to be good and uh, robbing couples of intimacy. And one of the main reasons uh, he's doing that is because he's after families, right? And so the enemy knows if he can drive a wedge between a husband and a wife, he's got a clear shot at their children. And I think it's important for us to recognize that the battle that we're in is a spiritual battle. And we don't fight spiritual battles with uh, worldly weapons. We've got to be going before the Lord in prayer. And I love that you said, if your pastor's not listening to you, I'm so sorry, because um, I, I have seen this firsthand myself. I've witnessed it in my own life, and I've seen it in the lives of hundreds and hundreds of families over the years where they, the people that they went to for help who should have listened, you know, threw some sloppy Bible verse at them about submission and didn't really listen to what was happening. And that is not God's heart. And I love too, Sheila, that you've made the distinction between a man who's really trying and a man who's not repentant. And therein lies the difference, right? That's the difference between a marriage that can make it and a marriage where you you need to stand behind that sister in the Lord and say, you know what, if your husband continues to do this and he continues to uh, to live in such an unrepentant and hurtful way, I will support you leaving him. Women need to know that, that, that that's an option for them. Yeah, and I, I think that we forget that pornography can actually be more damaging than an affair. Because what pornography does is it makes it basically impossible for a guy to experience love or intimacy through sex. Sex to him is something which is only about, about power, only about his own pleasure, only about him using someone else. And that makes a woman, even if she can't put words to it because she doesn't know what's really going on, that makes her feel like meat. And that is what so many wives are going through. You know, I don't mean to say that an affair isn't serious, okay? But a guy could have an affair and still understand what sex really is. But it's very, very hard to be addicted to porn for 20 years and be able to show any real tenderness or intimacy to your wife. So now, and so we so, seriously. So now you've got this woman. So do you speak? So I, I know that there's a lot of women going, oh my word, that's me. Is there any chance for healing? And I know that there is because I've met, I've met husbands who have come out of this and said, there is, there, this is not um, the end of the road. God can heal you. Your marriage can be restored. Your mind can be restored, right? But it takes 
uh, work and effort and it takes intentionality. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I have seen so many marriages be restored. It, it, but again, it takes true repentance. It really does. And I think it also takes the body of Christ. What I have not seen happen is people get better on their own. So covenant eyes, for instance, I see covenant eyes as a great first step. It's like when you're an alcoholic, you have to throw all the alcohol out of your house. But that doesn't cure you of alcoholism. It just it just provides the base so that now you can work on the problem. <laughs> so that to me is what Covenant Eyes does. It provides the base so that now we can really work on something. And that thing that we need to work on is getting accountability. You know, understanding what is it in me that drives me to watch porn. For a lot of guys, they grew up as teenagers. Whenever they felt stressed, they turned to pornography. And so that became their stress relief. And understanding that, understanding, okay, what are the thoughts that my husband can't face? And so he turns to porn instead. You know, getting through some of those root causes can really help to overcome this and can help your husband learn how to be vulnerable again. And it's that learning how to be vulnerable that is what restores his proper sex drive. Oh, I love that. And I love that, um, you know, to hear just your heart to say, this isn't the end of the road. There actually is healing available but it does require the body of Christ. I think the devil loves an isolated target. Like he loves it when when we suffer in silence by ourselves because he knows that if we suffer in silence, we're probably just gonna suffer for the rest of our lives. So, you know, women, you know, and men who are listening to this shine a light on it. The only way to combat the darkness is by shining the light on it and recognizing that there is hope and there is healing, but it starts with that willingness to bring this thing into the light. And it seems to me like so many of the the struggles that we hear, um, these women and even these men, they're suffering in silence. Is that kind of what you see too? I think they are. I think especially the guys are tell you the truth because you know they don't know what to do and I what I see so much of is women in their 20s emailing me saying I got married to this guy he's a youth pastor we waited to have sex until we were married and then we had sex twice on our honeymoon we haven't had sex since and we've been married for six months and I don't know what to do and here's these guys who they honestly thought that marriage would cure their porn problem and it doesn't you know, and they lived with that. A lot of these guys felt such shame as teenagers. You know, they grow up in the church. They don't want to be doing this, but they're really enslaved. And and so we just need to be honest about what's going on. And we need to get people help and we need to start talking about it. I do want to say one thing, though, and that's sometimes I, I get the impression that we treat porn like it's something that all men will struggle with and that no one can defeat. And that's not biblical. Right. You know, um, there are many, many men who do not struggle with pornography. And one of my sons-in-law, you know, he, do you know how he got started looking at porn? He went to youth group and they Naturally. were always telling him yeah. guys struggle with porn. And he felt like he wasn't a man because he didn't. And so he started watching it and then he got out of it, you know, a little bit later, but we can't give that message either. You know what the message is, is that there is freedom in Jesus Christ. Mm, hallelujah. Jesus wants, Jesus's will for you is that you have a beautiful, intimate sex life. And that is what he has equipped you for. And if it has gone off track, then deal with that within the body of Christ. But don't lose hope because we have the Holy Spirit and he can always bring things back. I love that. I love it. And I think that's a message that every man and woman who are listening to this, they, you need to hear. There is healing. We serve the chain breaker. 
right? This is this is uh, the message of of every believer that we serve the healer, and there's always hope. There's always hope when we take it before the Father. I've got one more question for you, really quickly, because I know that this podcast is going to trigger a whole bunch of emails. <laughs> so I'm going to try. I'm going to try to head it off at the pass. Um, yeah. When a mom or a dad, because there are lots of men who listen to this podcast, and I I love that. I love how many men are listening to this because we need um, men to be actively engaged in their families. And we need godly men. So I am just so excited about what God's doing in this generation of men. But when you discover that your 8-year-old or your 10-year-old or your 15-year-old has been viewing porn, um, the best way, and I just want to kind of hear, I want you to speak to this, but Jay and I have always felt like when when this has happened, and it has happened on occasion with our children, um, that we don't go to them and shame them. We say, oh, we know how hard this struggle is, and we want to love you and help you and move you away from it. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why I love Covenant Eyes. But what do you say to the parent who is like, I don't know what to do. I caught my child viewing porn in just, in just a, you know, a really quick snippet. What's the best way they can start ministering to that child? First thing I would do is apologize and say, I am so sorry that you saw that. Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, because that is going to really hurt that child and they're going to be so confused. And then, especially if they're older, like if they're teenagers, the message that we want to give to kids is not, this is a sin and you are bad if you do this. It's, this is why God doesn't want you to do this. And this is why, um, you know, this is bad for you and tell them what pornography does to your brain. You know, tell them how pornography um, stops you from really dealing with your issues and tell them how pornography really dangers women around the world. Like tell them those messages as opposed to you are a sinner. Um, I've got a great post at To Love, Honor and Vacuum on the 10 effects of porn on your brain. And, you know, those are the messages that I want us to give teenagers because when we only shame them and only tell them that they're sinful, they will keep it inside. But when we tell them instead, these are the reasons, we allow them to speak. And that's an important distinction. I love that. And um, I think I'm going to link back. We talked about this before in another podcast. So I'm going to link back to that um, article on your blog. It's so, so good. And also for those of you who are struggling with uh, with porn, Coven and Eyes has a free ebook called Hope After Porn. It's the stories of four women who are sharing their heartache and how their marriage was were saved. Because statistically, over half of the divorce cases uh, that are happening right now involve one party having an obsessive interest in internet porn. And I think more and more uh, men withdraw from real intimacy uh, with their wives, just like you were talking about. And then we start thinking there is no hope, but there is hope because of Jesus. And so if that's you, and if that's um, speaking directly to the mom whose email we're addressing today, um, we just want to encourage you. I love what Sheila said in pointing you back to Jesus. There is hope and there is hope for your marriage. And so if you guys want to, if you're interested in Sheila's um, article about what porn does to your brain, I'm going to link back to that today so you can get to her website and also to the free ebook from Covenant Eyes, which is Hope After Porn. So thank you, Sheila, for coming on the show today. I just so, I always appreciate your perspective in in difficult topics like this and the grace that you offer, which really is the heart of Jesus. Well, thank you, Heidi. It's always great to join you. If you guys got more questions or you've got, uh, you want to find out more about Sheila and her ministry, um, I would highly recommend that you do that. I will link back to my friend Sheila Gregoire at the show notes today. And uh, if you've got additional questions related to this, please shoot me an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. You need to put 
mailbox Monday in the subject line. Otherwise, I'm going to have a hard time uh, differentiating your email. So I would appreciate that. And I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And I will see you back here. We're going to start talking about the first week of a brand new study over at Mom Strong International. Now is a super great time for you guys to get onto it. We've got a brand new scripture writing challenge, and we're going to outline what we're going to be talking about for the month of June as we continue talking about strategies in spiritual warfare. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.